how to increase your sales during recession it's very important topic and yesterday i discussed about growing agency with alex mellon who did it who did it during recession and he grew his agency to 800 employees two times more for an year and uh, six months and today we are going to discuss more about that how to increase sales even more uh, we are going to share about revenue growth system and i'm so excited to discuss this topic with tim checker how are you i'm good anatoly thank you so much for having me a big pleasure to learn more about that i know it's important for me for my company for my audience and uh, tim before we start just tell more about yourself experience background and why you pay attention to this important topic how to increase sales and revenue growth system yeah absolutely before i get into it i'm gonna thank you for that amazing intro i didn't expect that intro i saw a bunch of pictures of mine that was really funny thank you so much <laughs> that was great well my background to be honest when i was thinking about it uh, about 17 years ago i started in sales and that 17 years ago sales to sales today is very different um but after after a few years being in sales 17 years ago i decided about i think it was about 14 years ago something to get into marketing um and then i realized that i've always been into finding the right people for the right product for the right service even in sales even in marketing um that led me that led me to different countries you know from uh, us to uk then to spain and um, the more i traveled the more i saw businesses i saw the same uh, type of problems occurring across um, different industries and different, different businesses. I became a growth consultant uh, many, many moons ago again now, which was about seven, seven years ago or something like that. And I've helped uh, companies grow. And uh, when I was a growth consultant or back then, I think it was growth hacking. That was cool to say, you know, growth hacker was the cool word. So I did, I did live up to that cool trend. Um, and in, in that, I realized that it's not about sales, it's not about marketing, it's not about operations, it's a combination of all of it. Um, and then if we start focusing really on, on revenue, on revenue growth, uh, then it doesn't matter if we talk about sales, marketing, operations, product, product-led growth, blah, 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 right? And I think that that's where um, I really started to, to zoom in, uh, the more and more zoom in into, into revenue growth. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, let's talk more about that. But I want to start from the first question about uh, uniting marketers and salespeople because, you know, it's very important for me, for uh, my customers, because I often see this issue when uh, salespeople don't share data with marketers because of policy, because of something else. I don't know what kind of uh, obstacles we can get it. But uh, can you tell, you know, I, I found uh, the last time many marketers spend time in sales, you know, just to learn how it works because mm -hmm. they can market much better after that. And salespeople can spend some time in marketing to learn how it works. Can you tell how to unite two different departments, mm -hmm. salespeople and marketers in one cohesive goal? I, th I think the example you gave is a great example, uh, first of all, right? Put marketing people into a sales role and put salespeople into a marketing role. Give them a couple of weeks and, and they're going to go crazy. They're going to start understanding each other's role and they're going to start respecting each other. And when they start respecting each other, this is where you're going to start finding that collaboration. The thing with marketing and sales, they look at really different KPIs most of the time. You know, marketing is going to look at leads and sales is going to look at deals, right? Um, and at the end of the day, they, their goal is the same, is to bring revenue for the company. Um, so what we need to find, it's a common wording between, between marketing and sales and actually not even separating possibilities departments anymore. 
um, you know, you can make a growth department and bring these people together. Because at the end of the day, what we're all doing is to bring revenue for the company. It pays our salaries, it pays the company, right? The, pay, the company pays us and so on. So I think the, the common language between them is it's, it's key. Understanding each other's role is another one, as we mentioned earlier. And really now in 2023, I do recommend to most of the companies to start bringing those departments together and, and calling them growth and, and starting to experiment on, this, on the sales pipeline, on the marketing pipeline before it becomes an SQL. And then they can really understand what's the, 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 the journey of a customer, of a lead becoming a customer. And when they both understand that, both departments, you know, that becomes this one team, they're really able to help each other in different ways because a salesperson will have amazing insights for marketing because, you know, we get tunnel vision. Um, and vice versa, and a marketing person can help sales really understand something completely, um, something that sales is, is missing out on. So I think that getting rid of that tunnel vision would help massively. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, common challenges, mistakes that companies do during the recession and your tips how to overcome it and find a much better way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I think, uh, the, so what they do is that um, during a recession, businesses do business as usual kind of thing. They stress, they panic, of course, but their strategy doesn't change much. They still go for this wide audience of clients most of the time. Their ICP is not very defined or they think it's defined, but it's not uh, the ICP, their ideal customer profile. Um, and they're really looking at, at quantity over quality. At the end of the day, during a recession, you're going to have less, less quantity for sure. So if, if you really are aiming to boost uh, quantity, you are missing out on the quality. And what do I mean about that? You can have one client that can bring the revenue of two to three clients, but this client could also be a much more a valuable client on the long term for you. So when you come out of a recession as well. So it's not panicking and, and, and going for quick fixes is what we do uh, during a recession. And I think that's where uh, we miss out on I call it the core customer. You know, the core customer is possibly not even the ICP you expected. It's if you look at the 90 days of your uh, sales pipeline, and if you look at the last year of, of, of your deals, and you start segmenting these, these, deal, these customers and these potential uh, future customers from your deal pipeline, you'll be able to understand that maybe there is a set of customers that is a much smaller segment that brings you better revenue, high revenue and longer, right? So longer LTV, lifetime value. And if you can identify those, then go for those. You know, don't don't just be like, okay, I need, I need many, many clients. Be like, I need a few of these clients because a few of these clients are going to stay with me during the recession. And if you're a monthly recurring business, right, you're going you're gonna to be good to go. So let's not focus on, on, on quantity, but on the quality, of course. I know a lot of people say this, but I think it's, it's because of the panic. You know, we want to boost the sales pipeline um, and we should. But again, um, focusing on really the, the, the core customers is going to be key. And, and a quick uh, add on there. I think also a recession is, is a great time for companies to start looking at partnerships. Right. And, and looking at a, another not direct competitor, but some, someone in the close industry in, this, in the same kind of services, but a little bit different and speak to each other and say, hey, how can I help your customers and how? you know, vice versa, you, you'll be very impressed. People will start passing in, uh, clients to each other and be like, hey, my client would love your extra service that we don't offer it. And th that, that's a great one because everybody wants to make sure that they're safe during a recession. Everybody's thinking the same thing as 
So, so go out there and speak to people about it. Nice, nice. You know, I want to ask you about recession. It's interesting, you know, uh, that uh, in 2018, before COVID-2019, I often uh, got the same message, recession is coming. Then COVID came, uh, people still speak, oh, yeah, it's time for recession. Then after a few years, it's the same. You know, if I open Bloomberg, uh, investing.com, any other great websites, I still... I still see topics about recession, but nobody knows it's recession or not. So can you tell how to figure out it's recession uh, and uh, we need to adapt uh, our methods, uh, our revenue growth system, uh, or it's not, uh, but we need to prepare for possible recession. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think, uh, I, yeah, the news is, is definitely not something to, to, to look at if you really want to understand the reality of this. Uh, COVID was a very interesting one, right, Anatoly? Because we all thought that, yeah, there was a recession coming, it was going to get really bad and so on. But what did uh, banks do in, in, in the US? Printed new money, right? By printing, printing new money, we were able to inject new money into the economy, um, into financial industries, uh, financial sector. And this actually created a new growth. You know, if we look at the stock market during COVID, that's when I made the best money from stocks. It was during COVID. We're all at home, but we start all going for these internet companies, you know, for e-commerce companies, for things that can be delivered at home, for platforms, for video platforms to speak to close ones and so on. And we actually boosted the economy by doing that. Um, but was that a real growth? Um, I'm not sure so. Because of the printing of the new money, it's uh, it's it's unstable, right? We cannot we cannot keep this for long uh, periods of time. And I think that the best way to look at if a recession is really coming or not, it's not on Bloomberg, it's not on, on the stock market, which the stock market can show us a little bit at the moment, to be honest. Um, but it's looking at your local shop. Go to your local shop, look at the uh, at the prices. You know, if there is high inflation on your daily products, like your tomatoes, your onions, your food, your meat, and so on, if you have seen very high, high, high inflation and it's changing very quickly, then there is something wrong, right? Because we're, we're, we're boosting prices, uh, but we're not boosting uh, salaries that much, right? Um, and you can see that that at some point is going to be a problem for a lot of people, right? Sadly, it's always the, the low to mid class that is going to get affected. The high class is going to get more money, right? The, the, the higher, the richer people makes always more money on, on a recession. Uh, that's not always, but that's kind of what, uh, what I've seen. So look at your local market, your local shops, your offline shops, your traditional places, what's happening there. And also the easiest way if you're a business owner is to look at your pipeline. Right. Mm -hmm. Look at your pipeline and look at your customers. You know, even us at Tastra, we have a lot of customers that will start stopping business because of budget restraints. Right. And possibly the budget restraint is because they're taking um, they're doing some risk assessment and they're like, OK, you know, let's lower some costs on certain services. And that will happen to us. That will happen to, to, to everybody. Right. So um, so if you look at your pipeline. You were able to close deals every two to three weeks, right? Your sales cycle was two, three weeks, and now it's two, three months. That's definitely also a um, an example of why I think we're going towards a recession. Life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, got it. Got the team. <laughs> okay. 
Let's talk about priorities. You mentioned that uh, companies pay attention to quantity, not quality. I completely agree with that. I couldn't agree more because I know how it's important, for example, to pay attention to big clients if you sell services, then to uh, satisfy all clients, especially when you have limited resources. Uh, it's better to uh, retain big clients, uh, even to sell them two times more if you can uh, provide more services because of trust, authority. And uh, we often see this issue when companies pay attention to acquire new clients, when you need to retain your existing clients because it costs five times more get new clients and you remind me bill gates one once he said for example if he has product a and product b after investing x amount uh, money to product a and product b if product b sell two times more then the next time he will invest 2x money to product b ignoring product a so it's like mm -hmm. because he can earn more money so can you tell about priorities uh, about this uh, quality how to find there are uh, the right uh, quality and uh, you know it's hard to sacrifice something to uh, avoid uh, i know from my personal experience for example i usually even uh, uh, schedule my time and i understand i can't help uh, i can't do anything of course uh, i need to choose priorities what i can do for example for me it's important to read books to uh, pay attention to my clients, to uh, do a lot of things, but I can do only a teeny percent of what I want to do. So uh, it's the same with Elon Musk, with anyone. We have 24 hours a day. So can you tell about these priorities, how to find the right priorities uh, and pay attention to quality, not quantity? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I can I can tackle this from a couple of angles. If you're looking from a personal productivity approach, because you said 24 hours in a day, I think that we're we're lucky. Uh, we're living in a very interesting time with ChatGPT and, and and many AI assistants. You know, I do feel that I'm becoming uh, more and more productive every day, um, and I do believe that uh, by using uh, ChatGPT AI and so on, um, I'm possibly five xing myself at the moment. You know, and I would even uh, see if you could 10x yourself. Um, tasks that were taking me, you know, four hours take me 20 minutes now. Um, so look at tools, you know, don't be shy about tools. I think spending on tools that are going to be, uh, that are going to have high return on investment, which is your time and your time is money, right? So when you believe, when you think about that and then you look at these tools and, and, and getting these tools into your, tool stack your tech stack of your product own self or your company right you you will be able to increase and then you'll be able to tackle your uh, priorities a bit better but when you look at what our priorities is i think that uh, one thing that we do wrong as humans and i do this every day myself is you know we tackle the small tasks or the things that are not so valuable because we know that it's going to be done quick and it's going to give us that 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 dopamine. You know, we're going to be like, oh, tick, oh, I finished that, and I'm going to get all happy about it. And when I look at that long task, you know, which the value, the return on investment is going to be much higher, I procrastinate, right? I leave it to today, to tomorrow, to the next day, and then on Friday, I'm like, shit, should I get this done or not? Um, so I think that really looking at what's going to be the return on investment on which task is is a way to do it obviously the eisenhower matrix i think it's it's a very simple methodology but uh, i'm testing a new methodology myself you know it's it's you know get your first 3 hours your top 
priority tasks, the most important tasks, you know, and, and then in the mid do your three hours of other tasks and the last three hours do the task that is going to possibly help you prepare for the next day, you know. So um, one thing I'm learning and that I do uh, recommend for everybody is to really plan your next day from the night before. When we wake mm-hmm. up, uh, when we wake up in the morning, and we're like, "Oh, I have this, this, this." this your brain's already getting. You're using that brain for that, and you shouldn't. And one thing that I learned in the in the in the past few months is, if I do that the night before and I plant a seed in my head, most of the time, in, in you know, in the unconscious mind, in the, in the conscious mind behind behind my sleep, you know, in dreams or whatever you want to call it, you know. Um, something is happening this is working out you know my brain is working on that task already so there are so many mornings that i wake up at 7 7 30 and i open up a notion page you know my note-taking platform and i'm like and i write a whole document that maybe i was dreading for for weeks you know why because the night before i wrote that down you know in my in my pen and paper before bed and i said oh you know this thing is about this document and that has to be done tomorrow and so on and i wake up knowing that answer already knowing what to put uh, down on paper so so i think that that's a great little trick that i've been doing myself and it's working really well um but again i just want to bring it back obviously to when you asked about priorities and 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 um, quality over quantity and so on is we have to start thinking about our revenue you know so our revenue is our priority um, now it became even a higher priority for me because I have a child now. I have a 22-month-old uh, baby girl. Before that, revenue was very important, you know, uh, but it was more for me to have fun, you know, for me to go out, for me to go travel. Uh, and now when you have that much responsibility, such a new responsibility of being a father, you're like, okay, my kid's going to have to go to school in a few years. You know, my kid's going to have to have the best. Um, and then it's, it really changes your priorities. And now I'm like, okay, my priority is to make sure that as a family, we're comfortable, but that we're also looking forward to the future expenses, you know, like, like schools and so on. So, so, so that I think it's, um, it's very different for everybody. You know, if you're a single bachelor, um, your priorities are different. If you're a business owner, uh, without a family, your priorities are, are different, but if you're a business owner with family, Things get even, 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 even more difficult. I think it's, it's even more challenging. So, um, really, you know, look at systems, uh, build yourself systems, because I think that uh, you know, system thinking is what makes us humans greater uh, than the AI stuff. You know, uh, being thinking outside the box and creating a new system for ourselves is what really differentiates us. And you know, don't be scared of of, of things like we mentioned earlier about ChatGPT and AI. Use it, use it, so that it helps you uh, gain time and complete even 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 more tasks. Concentrate on the finger, or you will miss all that heavenly glory. Yeah, you know, I I love uh, Bruce Lee because uh, you know I often uh, tell my son, for example, when Bruce Lee told, uh, he respects a person who uh, trains. Uh, uh, one hit 10,000 times, then someone who trains 10,000 different kicks, you know. So, uh, and my son usually replies to me, uh, it's it's not soccer. I play soccer. <laughs> you don't need to do it. Oh, man, it, it works everywhere. <laughs> you know? So, and, you know, 
uh, Tim, I have the question about the system. You mentioned that we need to have the system. I agree. You know, we uh, it's like discipline. No, without discipline, it's hard. It's hard to go ahead because you have this mess. What to do? Uh, and uh, I found, for example, if I schedule, what I need to do. Uh, but uh, sometimes I need to do something else. I need to change my mind. Uh, can you tell about implementation execution uh, in sales system? For example, okay, if I have uh, my system, I'm working on that. But uh, it's uh, often, often things, you know, uh, are going wrong uh, in different direction. We need to adapt and uh, to, uh, I don't know, to, to choose uh, quick mm -hmm. decisions, you know, to change it. Any tips about that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think I think the one tip uh, that I would have here is to get better at decision making. And to get better at decision making, you have to write down your decisions. Uh, we make so many decisions a day that, of course, we don't write them down. But when we make such decisions of giving up on a task for another task and we're reprioritizing, um, maybe you should have a decision journal and you should write that down. Say, okay, I'm going to do this and, and give up on this because I do believe that this is what's going to happen. I feel this way. Here's my emotions. And here's why I've done that um, and put a date on it. You know, we've made that decision today and revisit that, you know, revisit that every three months, six months and so on. And you will see that some of the decisions you made are great decisions. You learn from them. Some of the decisions you made are terrible decisions. And we make a lot of terrible decisions. I can guarantee that I still make a lot of terrible decisions every day. But by writing this down and being able to, to revisit these decisions, you're able to, to get better at decision making. Right. And, and that's, I think, it's the great examples of, of uh, you know, uh, great tech founders in the world who wears one color T-shirts, right, because they don't want to make that decision, you know. Um, okay. so, so we're going to make a lot of decisions anyway, uh, but we don't write them down. We make them so fast, um, you know, do take a pose, you know, take a breath, think about that decision, do that decision, write it down somewhere if you can, or just record it onto a voice note or something, put a date and explain why you made that decision. Um, you'll get better at decision-making, you know, and uh, if we get better at decision-making, we become greater founders, we become greater business people, uh, we become greater parents, uh, greater fathers as well on decision-making. Nice, nice, yeah. I remember uh, Albert Einstein uh, had only one costume uh, every single day. <laughs> oh, uh, and, you know, once I told my wife, I need to do the same like Mark Zuckerberg, like Einstein, But she told me, no way, no way. <laughs> I don't want to walk with you when you have always the same uh, T-shirt. So I, I couldn't do that. I, could, I couldn't do that neither, Anatoly. I have different T-shirts. I have polos. I have T-shirts. I have colors. <laughs> I do like it. And I did try, you know, uh, all black T-shirts or whatever. It's, you know, this is an example. It's just that we make so many decisions. But again, you know, why do we make these decisions? What was our state of mind when we made that decision? Um, is something that, especially in a recession that we were saying, you know, we're going to make some decisions from fear and not out of love. There is a great concept by my business partner, uh, love, not fear. And I do recommend everybody to check it. It's lovenotfear.com. You know, every decision you make is out of love or out of fear. And mostly we make a lot of decisions out of fear. And when we make out of fear, it really doesn't work out. But when we start making decisions out of love, things change uh, a lot. Uh, you know, you're optimizing your, your happiness and you're going to a better place. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Okay, uh, let's talk about effective uh, sales strategies. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, you know, uh, I think uh, I see it's a trap, you know, when companies use best practices, but it depends. It depends. You have different customers, different stories, and it's better to find your best practice than copy others. You can learn from others to find uh, if it works for you or not and find your, uh, yours. Can you tell uh, about how to create effective business strategy? I think how to create an effective business strategy is, you know, if you do research that on Google, uh, you're going to find 1000 uh, links and, and templates and processes and systems to do that. But uh, I think you kind of mentioned it. It's it's not, you know, one thing doesn't work for each company. Like, you know, you have to have a very custom version. You can get inspired by other other uh, strategies and so on. But again, it's, it's really thinking about the core customers and and, and how do you get them? Um, when you realize that you might be able to suddenly change your marketing channels and so on, because you realize that you're you're spending money on LinkedIn, you're spending money on on outreach, you're spending money on whatever, uh, on partnerships uh, and conferences, and then you realize that your best uh, customers, your core customers, the long one that stays, comes from conferences, um, and then you're like, okay, shit, we were just doing two conferences a year, can we do eight conferences a year? Right. And then we start doing eight conferences a year. We have much better um, sales pipeline. So I think that uh, the strategy is if you have data, it's is easy. If you don't have the data, it's a little bit more difficult because you're taking a little bit more risks on experimenting. And I think experimentation is great anyways. Um, but also one thing that I could mention about strategies is that people are very data driven. And I think that we still have to be, uh, instead of data driven, data informed. What do I mean by that? It's at, at the end of the day, there's a human that buys a service or product and the data can show something, uh, but emotions, gut feelings and so on is what differentiates us uh, and, and makes us even better than the competitors, right? So um, don't be just driven by data, be informed by it, you know, let it help you make a decision, uh, but don't just say, okay, data tells me this and I'm going to do this, you know? Um, so what, what I mean about... Coming back to the strategy, uh, you know, what you asked, I think um, it's very difficult because uh, I've, I have, a, you know, I have a notion library of hundreds of different uh, strategies and playbooks and, and guides and so on to do X, Y, Z, you know, from sales pipelines to marketing um, lead generation and so on. And what I realized that it, it really doesn't um, work in each place that you, you try out. But uh, if you have the concepts, uh, written down, uh, then you'll be able to really build from from there. And again, it's it's really going on to um, experimenting quickly, ex fast fast iterations, uh, learning, uh, failing a lot, uh, but learn from the failures, and your strategy is going to get better and better. You know, like the days that you know, I was I was a master's professor at uh, in Barcelona at a couple of business schools, and um, you know, they were like, you have to do a three to five year business plan. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that's another uh, teacher that said that. And I'm like, okay, let's see. Or the or the school says that in their curriculum, you know, one of their things is that um, you know they have to make three to five year plan. I look at the three to five year plan. There was no COVID, right? Obviously, we didn't know that was going to happen. We didn't know the recession was going to happen. We, nobody knew ChatGPT was going to be this big. So don't plan for three to three to five years. You know, make sure that you can plan kind of ballpark for a year. Make sure that your quarter, your next three months is solid, you know, and, and you'll, you'll iterate for the next quarter. Uh, and that one-year plan is even going to change a lot. So, so don't be too obsessed about saying, this is three to five years because 
Uh, the world will will kick you, punch you, and 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 a lot of stuff will happen that you've never expected. And then you're gonna cry, you're gonna be sad, and so on. And instead, if you plan for three months, six months, and a ballpark for a year, you 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 can iterate fast. You can be agile. You can you you can you you can change the routes. It's like a sailing boat, right? You know, even you look at at the meteorology, you look at 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 the winds. Suddenly, something happens, and the wind changes. So if you had planned your route from here to here you were going to go straight, you know, from A to B, you might have to now go A, C, D, and then B. That That's fine, you know, but uh, be prepared uh, for changing your route, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. You mentioned about uh, personalization that mm -hmm. uh, salespeople can use LinkedIn, uh, email. So can you tell about uh, how to personalize the message today? Because, you know, I get mm -hmm. plus 100 messages a day. On yeah, my email list, uh, I usually lead all of them to spam inbox, the best place mm -hmm. where they can spend time together, you know. But because <laughs> when I open these emails, I see that these uh, companies don't care about me. They don't know me. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can feel template, you know. So mm -hmm. um, I usually send them to spam inbox. Uh, but I got I got uh, a few personalized messages. People care about me. Uh, they don't want to uh, oversell. Yeah, they can sell, but uh, they uh, uh, you know they usually tell what kind of value can I get by using some products. Can you tell about personalization? Mm -hmm. How to create the right personalized message today? Uh, I think there the, there is a big problem coming. It's the AI personalizations. Uh, you know, we have in most of the sales enabled platforms now we have some type of AI assistant. So we what's going to happen is mass personalization. Uh, you know, the personalization about first name, company name, uh, problem solution as placeholders. Um, it's not going to work anymore because uh, everybody's doing this, and you can even go. Uh, you know, you can even now automatically get a company's LinkedIn bio, you know, summary and details and personalize a little message. And this is automatic, right? You don't even need a human. So um, if you're doing this right now, you're cool because that's still, you know, that's still a cool personalization to use company description or Anatoly's LinkedIn bio description, right? This is still okay, but this is going to die down very quickly because the AI game, everybody is on it. So um, what we've done uh, here at Task Drive um, is a new method that we're, we've been testing and it's working really, really well. This has been going on a couple of months now that we've been testing. And basically what it is, it's, it's very simple, right? It's not going mass again, not going on the quantity, but going on the quality. So what is it? Mm -hmm. We do the five, five, five methods, okay? We take five minutes, okay, to find five facts about someone, right? And then take five minutes to write the message. Right. Mm, so nice. that's that's 10, mes 10 minutes per lead. Right. You can do 150 leads a, a week. Right. If you get a 10 percent uh, reply rate on that, that's that's 15, 15 leads that responds. If 50 percent says F off. Right. That still leaves you with seven. You know, and, and if you get on, on two to three calls with them uh, from from those seven and then you close one, you close one deal a week. According to your average revenue per account, that might be a very, very high return on investment. You know, so so do think about um, taking the time, as you said, to personalize, to understand Anatoly, to understand Anatoly's problems. Mm -hmm. uh, can you tell more about this uh, five and five? Uh, I mean, like more details, how to learn uh, a person, recipient for five minutes. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I keep doing this uh, for, for for my team and stuff, and I open up my screen and I screen share, and I'm like, look, let's take five minutes. You know, at the end of the day, you open up a LinkedIn profile, or you know, I take um, Anatoly Ulitovsky, if I say it correctly, mm -hmm. I hope, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, so I'll write down that on LinkedIn. I'll read your bio very quickly. Um, I'll find a couple of things that you mentioned there, possibly where you live and so on. Um, then I'll go on to a LinkedIn search, uh, a Google search. I'll find that you were on a podcast last week. And in that podcast, you talked about this. Then I'll search a little bit more uh, and I'll find that you have a, I don't know, you've made the guides, you made an ebook, you have actually your own personal blog, right? So in this five minutes, I'm able to find five facts where you live. You know, the last webinar you were on, your personal blog and what you talk about there, um, and a couple more things. These five facts is more than enough to personalize an amazing message. So I'll take five minutes. I'll find the five facts. I'll write them down, right? And I will never start writing until I, fi uh, um, I finalize those five facts. After I finalize those five facts, then I switch my mindset on, okay, I have five facts in front of me. How can I write a message in five minutes? And I do, and I do this in a timer. I actually put a timer on my phone. You know, actually, I have on my stream deck. I click five minutes, and then I go. Did, 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 did. I'm like, okay, I found five facts, or I found four. Anyways, I give up. You know, but usually I do get to five, and sometimes even more. Um, and then I have that five minute, the new five minutes to write down that message. Again, I do repeat. It's it's ten minutes a lead, and mm -hmm. trust me, your open rates are going to be much higher, and your reply rate is going to be much higher because I can understand. But Anatoly likes, you know, understand your problems, understand your business, understand your, your personal, even career, you know, your professional and personal development and so on that you came this far. And if I do mention that, you're like, oh, shit, Tim does care about me. You know, he, he researched <laughs> me. And the nice. research doesn't have to be hours. It's five minutes. You know, five minutes to research, five minutes to write the message, 10 minutes. But we don't do this, Anatoly, because we're so used to this mass emails and mass mass sending out stuff. And then this is why now we have this mass personalization coming in. So, so you know, um, we're still going to need the human touch. Uh, this AI bot, per, uh, it's not going to fix your sales, right? You have to care about people because people sell to people and people buy from people. This is it, you know. So um, you know, B two B, B two C. I had, I, I think, I, I think I had a speech uh, seven seven years ago in Barcelona, um, and I spoke about H two H, human to human, right? At the end of the day, even behind the business, the decision maker is a human. Who's gonna buy is a human. It's all about human to human. So so, so make sure that um, you're building good connections, good network. You're kind to people. Make people feel good about themselves. You know, mention their names. You know, um, this is going to build a better relationship. And if you be build a better relationship, even if they don't buy today because they didn't have the need, you know, in six months when they have the need, they're going to be like, hey, Tim, you remember you were doing lead research? I'll be like, yeah. It's like, well, now I'm kind of ready. I'm like, oh, well, awesome. You know, six months ago, you thought that they're not going to buy from you, but you build a, a really good relationship. So they'll come to you. Nice, nice. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I have no idea how to learn a person for five minutes, but you know, it's interesting when I started to grow my LinkedIn profile, I uh, started to comment uh, like 10, 20 comments a day. Then I, uh, for a few months, I could write for 
100 comments a day when I share with others uh, that I write 400 comments to get uh, followers, uh, to get this engagement. And they reply to me, how to do it? I don't know. Guys, if you go in step by step, you can. So if you, I mean, like if you learn uh, a person for five minutes, you can increase productivity. You can uh, get more insights because of experience, mm-hmm. because of yeah. consistency to do something. Yeah. Well, I'd like to. I'd like to add something to that, if you don't mind. It's just that uh, you know, I, I was. I just pulled it out here so that um, I can tell a few sources for people to to make this even more actionable. You have LinkedIn profile. You have company LinkedIn page. You have company websites. You have things like built with to understand what technologies they're using. You have G two reviews. You have prior experiences of the person that you see. You have LinkedIn activity of the person. You have company insights on LinkedIn. You have a Twitter activity. You can have recent news. You can have blogs, podcasts, as we mentioned. You can have, you know, uh, if they're a public company, there's public investor documents. There's pricing page on their website. Uh, they have their careers page if they're hiring for someone. There's so many sources to personalize that we forget about. You know, make a list of your sources where you're going to find these five facts and just go through those very quickly. And I bet you, you'll find those five facts. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. Uh Tim, I want to ask you about uh, failing. You mentioned a few times yeah. about failing. And for me, uh, I made a lot of mistakes in my life. I keep doing them, you know, because I don't know another way how to learn. <laughs> so we need to fail time to time. When uh, I usually start from best practices, generic strategies, then I can adapt them. Can you tell about common mistakes that companies do uh, in uh, sales? Uh, process. I think you mentioned some of them, but mm-hmm. anyway, uh, uh, list some common mistakes and your tips how to find a much better way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I, I think one of the biggest ones. I think it's it's accepting your sales cycle being that long. You can do so many little tricks to to, to shorten that sales cycle, um, and then we accept it. With oh, our sales cycle is three months, and then we work around that all the time. Uh, but if you do start uh, zooming in and understanding why it's it's this three months and you start experimenting, and a lot of the time we, we, we're scared because when you're experimenting on a sales pipeline, you might lose some deals and so on. And that failure, it's, it's something that we fear. Uh, but if you do that again out of love by saying, hey, I'm going to experiment because at the end, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shorten the sales cycle. And you've shortened your sales cycle by a couple of weeks or a month. You know, you're winning. Um, and it might take you, you know, 15, 15 fails, 15 mistakes um, to get there, you know, and then the, the 16 is going to fix all those 15. But we, we as humans, I think we give up very fast um, because we, 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 we go back to our comfort zone. And if our comfort zone is, is the system that we had written in a document two years ago, right, uh, we keep that document and we keep that, that process and that system for, for, for the next two years. Um, but if you start questioning every process, every system, every three months, six months, uh, you'll you'll realize that you've learned things that you could actually optimize that process and that system. Um, so you know when you go back to what you said uh, to failures, you know do fail, but fail fast, you know, and learn from them, and, and don't make failures affect you. You know, don't make them make you down and sad. Actually, make them like, oh shit, I tried this, that doesn't work. Great, we know that doesn't work now. You know, so that's one out of one out of the 15 experiment you're going to try, you know, you have 14 more to try. And, you know, your, your, your probability is getting higher of, of winning, you know, so, so do that fast. It's, a, it's all about that, that rapid iteration.
Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And Tim, I have the final question about your experience. You know, I, I found that uh, I usually get uh, much better results with clients who understand SEO. If they mm-hmm. don't, I usually tell them, take my course. It costs 10, 20 dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can learn from great experts, including Lily Ray, Mike Phillips, uh, uh, m- many others, uh, Chelsea always. Uh, uh, but uh, I need uh, to cooperate with people who understand the basic. If they mm-hmm. don't, it's, it's really hard to get any result. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same like, I don't know, for example, if someone want to lose weight, you need to understand why you need to eat healthy food, to train hard, to drink water, uh, because the best coach can't help you. Uh, and, uh, uh, for example, uh, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, what will you do today to learn more about sales? Oh, wow. I would just go, just go and do it. You know, I would just mm-hmm. go knock on a door. I would, I would call someone. I will, I will look on my right in a restaurant and I'll see someone there and I'll be like, I want to sell you my old phone, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, and I'll be like, hey, you know, how's your phone? You know? Oh, yeah, your phone is even older than mine. Well, I'm selling mine. And they'll tell you, F off, I'm having dinner, you know, and stuff like that. Well, you've got your first rejection, you know? Uh, that's going to that's gonna build you to be a better salesperson right away. Um, so it's just, I think it's practice, isn't it? Even for SEO. It's you don't know that you're going to rank until you can plan it, but you have to go and do the work. You have to do the article. You have to do the optimization. You have to do whatever, you know. So if we start just thinking about how we're going to get better, um, we usually stay where we are. But if we just go and do the craziest stuff that we were, were ever wanted to do about sales or SEO and stuff, suddenly we find something that is working that nobody has done. Um, and then you become a great salesperson or you become a great uh, person, uh, SEO consultant and so on. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the best day to, to start was yesterday. You know, the next best day is now, you know. Yes. Uh, so, so, so take that approach and, and go for it. Don't say, oh, yeah, I'll start this tomorrow because we know that tomorrow you're going to say the same thing. You're going to say, I'll, I'll start this tomorrow again. So, so just go and do it. You know, I think that... Um, how would I be a, a, a better salesperson? Well, I'm not sure because, you know, uh, I just go and do it. And I make mistakes. I have people that hate me sometimes. Hopefully not. You know, that's a strong word because uh, I try to sell something to them. Uh, but a bunch of people became friends. You know, I sold them something or I didn't sell them something. But three years later, they were like, oh, Tim, you're at that company. That's, uh, that's oh, that's very cool. I'd love your service. You know, that's somebody three years ago I tried to sell something else to. You know, I, I tried to sell them uh, a growth consultancy package as a consultant. And three years later, they come to my company. And they're like, oh, man, your sales stuff is great. Can I can I buy some leads or, you know, can you can I buy your service for lead research? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. so so you're creating that inbound from an outbound of three years ago by just building that relationship. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that because I know practice is more important than learning. And mm-hmm. yeah, we need to learn, but uh, it's like, I don't know, if I read a hundred books, how to play soccer, I can't compete with Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, even mediocre players, because it's practice. These guys prefer to hit the ball a thousand times a day than uh, to learn how to play soccer. We need to learn, but only uh, some percent of time, like 20% of time uh, by reading books, uh, listening audio podcasts, but in most time we need to practice. 
to a test uh, experiment. 100%. I was going to joke that because I was going to say you can compete against Cristiano Ronaldo because I'm a Messi <laughs> fan, right? And then the World <laughs> Cup, well, we saw who's the, who's the better player. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So, but yeah, it's all about practice. And I think the example of Cristiano Ronaldo, Lionel Messi, I think is about being humble as well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Messi's humble. Cristiano Ronaldo, I'm sorry, is not humble. You know, uh, so one is practicing every day and being humble, and the other one is possibly practicing every day, but it also being a bit of a show off, right? Modeling and this and that. And the other one is actually doing the work more intense. I was a neighbor of, of Lionel Messi in Barcelona, and we could see from mm -hmm. outside uh, a friend's house uh, was higher up, and we could see to, um, to his house, he had a big screen, and all day there was football on it. Mm -hmm. He didn't do parties. He didn't do that. He just watched football, went to practice football. That was his. That was his, his, his thing, you know. And then you do see the results, you know. So, yeah. so maybe don't be nice. that ob uh, obsessed, obviously. But um, if your work is your passion, then you know, go for it. Just practice, yeah. practice, practice, practice. By the way, seventy percent of people hate their jobs uh, because it's not passion, it's not love, and uh, that's why they uh, come back home to overwatch TV six hours a day. But you know, I can back uh, as you mentioned in the beginning of our podcast. I before the podcast, you told me that you love Monday. You know, I think if you yeah. hate Monday, change your job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. If you hate Monday, well, if you hate Mondays, check out Spotify, Discover Weekly. I think if you're into music, that's going to help you, anyways, right? So there are great stuff that can make you love Mondays. To be honest, I didn't love Mondays back back in the day, but now I do like it because I get into my office, you know, um, and usually Monday mornings, no no meetings, no calls. I put those new 30 songs that Spotify gives me for my Discover Weekly and I get my best tasks done. You know, you start your nice. week strong. You feel so much better on a Wednesday. And when you come on a Wednesday and you're recording with Anatoly, you're like, oh, you know, it's a good week. <laughs> nice, nice. Tim, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, Absolutely. to learn from you. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to follow you, how to reach out yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. I think the simplest is to go on LinkedIn and write uh, Tim Checker, you know, Tim, uh, C-A-K-I-R. Um, on LinkedIn, I, I I post very regular. I have a growth letter that you can subscribe to. It's on my featured section on my LinkedIn. Um, and then, you know, we're doing really cool stuff at Task Drive. At TaskDrive.com, we're really uh, innovating a revenue growth. We're building revenue growth systems and so on. So reach out to me if you need anything on that. Uh, if you want to talk to me, you have any questions, I'm more than happy to uh, personally answer as well. Um, you know, I think that I've I've always believed in in helping uh, anybody I can. So if you do need anything, just reach out on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice guys. You can find the link uh, in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. I love it. So valuable, guys. You need to follow him because you can see a lot of value. Subscribe to his newsletter because you can get a lot more new trends information about sales okay guys love you see you